Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Good morning, Philip. How is life? Life is going pretty well. It's going pretty well, but I'm going to make it much better in a second. I have two gifts for you. One that we will not discuss live. <laughs> I see what it is. Excellent. But see the second gift. This is a tomato. From, from your garden. From at, Sacred Hearts Garden. At yeah. the parish. Yeah. This is one of the best looking tomatoes I've seen in a long time. It is red, perfectly round. Uh, it's clean. This is great. Is there a, a name to this like particular breed? I'm Some sure there is a name, but I don't know it. <laughs> this is great. You should be really proud of this. Too. I am proud. That's why I'm giving it to you. So we've planted several varieties of tomatoes. Some are, are, are Roma tomatoes. Some are very small and very sweet. This one is the normal tomato that you find. But it's very interesting that the, the color is good. As, as you mentioned, there is no imperfection. And it's maybe a little... Too ripe, but but that's mm. probably because I took it yesterday and I wanted to give it to you today. Very important, though. You know, a bad tomato is a bad tomato. Have you tested this this group here? Excellent tomatoes. Excellent. So it tastes good. Very tasty. All right. And we are doing organic gardening, so we haven't used anything. Excellent. Both of these are great. This other gift is going to be great. So thank you for, for bringing that. Sure. Yes. Here we are, two guys and a gospel. The one planting tomatoes is uh, with help from parishioners. <laughs> Kathy, Rick, and Terry, we've worked very hard. But the one receiving the tomato is Father Philip, who is the pastor of Christ King and St. Bernard Parishes in the city of Tosa. Yes, Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. And the gift giver, Father Ricardo Martin, is at, uh, and with a garden, is at Sacred Heart Parish, pastor there in Racine, Wisconsin, and vice chancellor here at the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, from whose studios we're recording. And here we are, two guys and a gospel, and, and we had during summer, you remember in August, we read the discourse of the bread of life from, from John, but now we are back into Mark's territory. We are reading Mark's gospel, and today is chapter 8, verses 27 to 35. Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, You are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly 
and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this he turned around and, looking at his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. He summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. So this is a very, very rich gospel in terms of dialogue, mm-hmm. in terms of what's going on here. And almost, you know, I wish this were split up a little bit in the lectionary to be able to do this a little bit separately. I see three, three big, at least three big things going on here. Let's name it. The first one is, is identity. Who do you say that I am? That very, very powerful question and key question. Then you move to the second thing that's going on, which is the prediction of the passion. One of these predictions of the passion. Or we'll talk a little more about this. And then Peter, Peter rejecting that. That's even another thing. And, and Jesus saying, get behind me, Satan. And then you go to the end, carry the cross. You know, whoever wishes to follow me is to die himself. So I see at least maybe three, four themes here going on. We, we do little research about this before we go in, into the show. But what we know is that in Mark's gospel, Jesus predicts his death three times, that this is the first one that then the gospel pays attention to the lack of understanding or acceptance of the disciples, and then it follows by a teaching by Jesus about discipleship, the the three times. This is the first one. Mm -hmm. Next week we read the second one, and maybe later in the year we read the third one, but not right away. And the first part is, is, is fascinating. It reminds me that even before I knew you, I believe you helped the Archbishop to write a document about who do you say that I am? Very minor role, but it was a document that the Archbishop issued. But yeah, it was who, who do you say that I am? It and was that, from Matthew, but it's the same episode. Exactly. Same that really, really important question. So let's deal with the first part first. Jesus and his disciples there in Caesarea Philippi. It's a... City in the northern part of Israel, it's the, the source of the Jordan River, very significant river for the life of Jesus and the life of Israel. And it was a city that had uh, lots of pagan gods, and there was a temple for God Pan. Mm. And it's an interesting context, an interesting location for that question. Who do people say that I am? And I tend to preach that Jesus will be who we let him be to us. I mean, Jesus is the Son of God, we know this, but then what else do we let him be? And I've always or lately interpreted this gospel this way. Yeah. The, the way that I always look at this is I come back to it's, the, it's that moment where it comes up in the year where we have to answer the question, whatever the answer might be. But it really confronts every single believer with that question. Jesus asks us, who do you say that I am? It's so fundamental for identifying as a Christian and really an interesting source of prayer as we continue to get older. We have different life circumstances. And so my thing is answer it. <laughs> Peter answers right, as you are asking us to. You are the Christ. Christ means Christos in Greek, which is the anointed one in English, the Messiah in Hebrew. So that's what the answer that Peter gets, which is the right answer. But then Jesus says, yes, I'm the Christ, but maybe not the Christ you have in mind, not the Messiah you have in mind. And that's what they seem not to understand, this, this suffering Messiah. I think there are two traditions 
of the Messiah in the Old Testament, the triumphant political Messiah and the suffering Messiah, Isaiah and, and, and other traditions. And here the disciples think they're following this political Messiah and Jesus tells them, eh, it's not going to be. Exactly. And that's really what happens here in, the next, in that next paragraph. I think um, worth noting, though, as well, you are the Christ. Then what's the next line? Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. Just a reminder that that's something that that's running through Mark's gospel, kind of this messianic secret. It can be described as but the very present in Mark's gospel, where for whatever reason, Jesus reveals himself in, in stages and wants to. There's a process. There's a rationale, a rhyme to his reason as to why he's doing and things like that. Mm hmm. It could be that the disciples are not ready, and actually because they don't understand what kind of Christ he is, mm -hmm. maybe that's why he says, let's, let's wait for that. I exactly, yeah. Probably is pretty close to what the reason might be. In Matthew, then, Jesus hands the keys of the kingdom to Peter. Here, it doesn't say that, it doesn't, but goes straight to the common part of the dialogue where, where Peter is trying to rebuke Jesus, which rebuking is a very strong, it's the same verb, that the gospel uses with cases of people possessed by demons. Mm -hmm. And Jesus rebukes the demons. So Peter here rebukes Jesus, almost saying, if you say this, you are possessed. They really do not understand the, the suffering Messiah idea. Right. And then looking at the end, take up your cross and, and follow me. Whoever wishes to be has to, has to deny himself. I think about this really rather challenging set of words here that are given to disciples. And I just noticed that it's kind of early in Jesus's ministry. You know, this is not just before the cross where he kind of tells them this and they maybe process it later, but they're going to live with these things that Jesus is saying for probably a year and a half, maybe two years mm -hmm. during this public ministry. This is probably early on. So the disciples here have uh, perhaps some time with this. It's interesting to kind of spiritually place yourself there and to think about the, the confusion they would have, the uncertainties. And I always think about just the second thoughts, you know, what stops that person from kind of running off in the middle of the night mm -hmm. where they might be tempted to do so. And to think about our temptations as we take up our cross, as we live as disciples, those temptations to give up, perhaps. And denying the self, what, what a great spiritual statement and one that you may struggle with for the rest of your life what what you are saying but even for us for the rest of our lives how do you how do you find a balance between you have to be joyful and happy and but deny yourself there are many things even this garden part of the reason why I do it is because it, it I enjoy it it makes me happy so is Jesus telling us not to be happy no he's telling us not to be the center of our universe not to be not to process everything around our our egos Difficult, difficult gospel. I think you're right. Yeah, right. Exactly. A lot to preach about. Maybe a preacher would have to choose one of the three or find the connection between the three. Well, this is where I take your advice and say you got to kind of choose one thing here mm -hmm. and, and to preach on that. So between one, two, three, which one do you think? I'm not sure. I, I always like to focus on that question. Who do you say that I am? Perhaps this is the time to do something different. So uh, as I often answer you, I'm not sure yet at this point in the week. I am tempted to see, to explore a little bit more these two Old Testament traditions, to explain them a little bit more, but because I think it's more than Isaiah, the suffering Messiah. There is more to it, I know. But what about, what would it mean to follow the suffering Messiah today compared to following, what do we do today? What do we say today? that we are really not following the suffering Messiah. You know what I mean? Right. Like actualizing these two choices, these two possibilities in, in modern times. Yeah, I think that would be really interesting. We'll see.
All right. I think we've said enough here. I'm, this is good. We'll move on next week to move along in Mark's gospel. And um, I think this is good. I'm going to go and figure out what to do with my tomato, what, what way to really use this well. Is there any other vegetable you like? Oh, yeah. I like broccoli. Celery is helpful, like for soups and things. What about cucumbers? Cucumbers, yes. We produced like a thousand of them. I'm not kidding. It was oh. much more than we thought. So I'll, I'll bring next, you some. Next time you come, uh, bring some cucumbers. I want to try making pickles. I've never done that before. So this, you're going to give me some cucumbers. Actually, I had a discussion this morning about pickles. I don't know if you grow them to be pickles already or we we'll need know. to ask someone. Yeah, I know you can make them. Anyway. All right. See you next week, Philip. Thank you. See you next week. This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you.